gonna say it this time? Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> my audio has to be like is so low because the audio jack is so fucked that like I can barely hear it. Oh, that so sucks. I'm good now. All right, well, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> uh, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I'm your host Joshua Tracy, and I'm Corbin Heller. And if you're wondering why we haven't talked about any new news that happened over the weekend, it's because today is Friday, uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Aww. Josh, Aww. Valentine. Oh, you know it, buddy. Forever and always. Aww. Um. <laughs> <gay>. <laughs> anyway. Uh, literally, though. Anyway. Um, so, we figured today's non-stats episode will feature a few NFL and MLB topics, as well as maybe a few Valentine's Day stats, because that's a thing we've apparently been doing a lot of. Um. <laughs> So, Corwin, where would you like to start today? Uh, do you want to start with the all-fun team? Sure, let's do it. So we had mentioned this as an idea prior, uh, in a few prior episodes, where some players are not good, but damn it, they were fun. And while they don't belong on the all-pro team, they could go on the all-fun team. So Corwin has put together the all-fun team for the NFL. Did you not do it yourself? You little bitch. I didn't, because I have too much work. Uh, damn, that's a good excuse. Yeah, I want to die. But continue. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, we were kind of looking around, and I guess that's not the way to put that. We were talking about like who would just be added to a team to make it like so much more fun, and then we kind of just figured... Why not figure out who would be the most exciting team to watch if you put all the most exciting players together? Um, so I did that. Uh, I have two teams. I have an active team, and I have an all-time team. The all-time team was so significantly easier to put together um, for obvious reasons. Um, but there's a lot of positions uh, so we'll go through this offense, defense, special teams. It's the way it is. Uh, I guess we'll start with offense and then do you want to do all offense and then defense or do you want to do active team and then all time? Uh, let's do active team first. Okay. Because I feel like if we do active team second, it won't compare as well as nicely. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so for offense, we have a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, and then a singular offensive lineman. Because like we always admit, I don't know how to scout offensive linemen well. I don't know a lot of offensive linemen, and I don't know how to quantify or qualify one as fun and exciting compared to other good offensive linemen. So I'm just going with one singular offensive lineman. Um, backyard football style. Hell so at yeah. quarterback, this one was not hard. Lamar Jackson. Um, ah, okay. The best quarterback in the league right now, but God damn it. I don't know how anyone could argue that he's not the most exciting player on the fields whenever he plays. So um, I think I want to, I want to know your rationale as we get farther into this. Are you picking the most fun players in terms of, like, they're on my team, and this guy's fun to watch. Or are you picking the most fun players for neither team playing as my team, and I want chaos? 
Ooh. Because in my mind, Lamar Jackson's a great pick because he is, of all like the really good quarterbacks, he is one of the most fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going Team Chaos, give me that sweet, sweet Jameis Winston. Yeah, no, this is definitely <laughs> this is definitely my team. I still want a successful football team. Okay, all right. Then, then while you read those Damn, out, I'm, I'm going to try to think of who would be best neutral fan team chaos player. So, I all right, T- tell me about Lamar Jackson. Um, Not well, that you need to. He just won MVP. Yeah, exactly. Uh, MVP trophy winner. He's essentially Michael Vick if Michael Vick was just better. If Michael <laughs> Vick had a baby with Michael Vick, this would be that baby. Because it's just everything Michael Vick did to the extreme. Um, I honestly don't know how teams can just game plan around him, what he can do with his legs, just the strength of his arm. He's getting so much better with that, uh, even just in his second season. Um, so far and away, the most exciting quarterback you could have here. Um, so do you want me to move on to running back? Or do you want to give... Or is Jameis your final yeah, answer? I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll just, just clarify the Jameis comment because uh, if you want a guy who's going to give you chaos, the solo, the only member of the 30-30 club in football where he had over 30 touchdowns and over 30 interceptions should explain to you exactly why Jameis Winston is my all-fun all team chaos okay, player. Baby. Because, uh, yeah, you man – as long as something's happening when the ball gets thrown, I'm good. And Jameis Winston is going to produce something happening. That's for that's for sure. So yeah, give me the All next right. play. Let's run. Let's go to running back. I have Saquon Barkley. Call me biased. I don't care. He is so fucking fun to watch. He could do anything any other running back does in the NFL. He is like a lightning bolt in a bottle but that bottle was shaken so it's like champagne and the cork's just waiting to blow up um i you know may think about him late at night it's just saquon barkley is the best running back in the nfl one of the best uh in recent memory and i love him unconditionally saquon barkley (laughs) i dig it i'm not sure i have one for this because like if usually if a if a running back is bad enough at securing the ball, they'll just stop giving him the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not sure who would be a good chaos running back. Ooh, I sh- let me think about that too. Um... Because like Adrian Peterson definitely had that issue, but like he's not he's active, but he's not really playing much anymore. And even then, like I I wouldn't I wouldn't be so. Um, in the realm of him just like giving up nothing but fumbles. Like he wasn't that, that bad at it. Uh, Cause like the other, the only other picks I could conceivably make right now are other like good players in the vein of Saquon Barkley, like an Alvin Kamara, but I'm not sure he'd be a good chaos player. Chris Carson led all running backs with seven uh, fumbles last year. That is he's, a lot. Yeah. He's the only running back. Uh, Derek Henry had five. That was the next highest. Um. Yeah, I mean Chris Carson. He's an exciting running back for sure. Um, I don't know if his fumbling issues are, you know, pronounced enough to say that he's 
exciting positive and negative. Maybe uh, Derrick Henry would be better for that. Who knows? Um, maybe oh, like Derek a guy Henry like Darren Sproles, who's like five foot one, and is just he's chaos because you don't know if he got hit and he was fucking murdered when he got laid out. All right, all right, hold on. What? It, what? It, how about my my all fun team pick, uh, Frank Gore? I want him <laughs> to be the RB one for this team. Oh man, I don't know if I could have picked a least like a less exciting player. Because <laughs> <laughs> like Frank Gore is either going to go out there and get just demolished because he is an old man, or he's going to dad dick everyone he comes into contact with. And I'm very here for like either one. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. So, all right, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'll go with Frank Gore. <laughs> all right, let's move on to wide receivers. <laughs> you get two of these. My first one, I went with Tyreek Hill, um, one of the fastest players in the NFL. Just can do it all. Has been so great for Kansas City uh, these past couple years. Just so fun to watch. Um, seeing him be able to take the top off of literally any defense, uh, just the speed he can do it. Tyree kill real exciting. Number two, I have Julio Jones. Um, not quite as fast as Tyree kill, but like three times the size. So having both of these guys on opposite ends of your formation would be so fucking cool to watch. Because you could either blow right past him or just run him over. And I like that. Uh, those are definitely two of the, I was going to say funnest, because I think saying funnest is fun, but people always give me mm-hmm. shit. So the most fun players. Um, uh, there's no good, like, antics dudes right now. There's no good, like, T.O. There's no uh, good, really, you know, Hall of Fame level wide receivers that have such debilitating mental issues that they're completely just unpredictable. No, I didn't say that because <laughs> because I wouldn't want like watching Antonio Brown wouldn't be fun because if he's playing well, he's still an asshole, and it's not like you're thrilled about it. And if mm-hmm. he's playing poorly, he's an asshole. Still, and you're just happy about it because fuck that guy. So there's no situation where, like, as a fan or as a neutral party, are you that you're enjoying Antonio Brown being on the, on the field, even though he does bring like he is literal chaos. So, so uh, uh, all right, my maybe like Calvin Beecham, <laughs> 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 like the heaviest version of Calvin Beecham, and. Give me, give me that Calvin Beecham, and give me who's a scrappy white dude? Uh, that guy that was on Dallas Danny is Amendola? now on Buffalo. Who's that guy on Buffalo now? Oh, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. <laughs> That's my. Those are my two. Calvin Beach, the dangerous combo of Calvin Beecham and Cole Beasley. Oh my god, I love that. Where did Cole Beasley go to college? I have no idea. He went to. SMU. I that is both equally surprising and unsurprising. <laughs> I don't get it, but I'll agree. Um Southern Methodist University. Like it's a it's a white Texas Christian university. Oh, now it makes so much sense. <laughs> oh, now I understand. 
Uh, yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to tight end. Let's do it. Uh, I have George Kittle here. Uh, he is the best tight end in football right now. He can uh, do anything you want receiving the ball. He's one of the best blocking tight ends in football. Um, we don't have fullback as an option here, which is a mistake on my part because we absolutely should have. Kyle Juszczyk, um, baby! <laughs> and he's as close as you're going to get to that. Um, just all around so cool to watch. And he's a fucking psychopath, which, you know, that's a little icing on the cake. Of course. Uh, you know, George Kittle, definitely, definitely a fun player because his game is so complete. I'm trying to think if there's anybody right now... Ah... Uh, uh, tight ends usually a pretty tame position just because there's not a lot of great blocking and receiving tight ends, uh, except for like a few obvious guys, George Kittle being, I think, the most obvious this season. So I think it's that's just the, the it's just the best choice. Um, Thank you. Fuck, is there anybody good? Jimmy Graham's good, but like that's not an exciting pick. Same thing with Kyle Rudolph. Um. Ooh, yeah, it, it just just in interest of old man football, Jason Witten. Because <laughs> I forgot he played this year. Do you know Jason, Jason Witten? But he line? has to wear the suit that he wears when he's in the booth. He doesn't get to wear pads. <laughs> that would be amazing. I wouldn't even be mad. Do you know what Jason Witten's stat line this season was? I have no idea. Wait, hold on. I just had it, and then it ran away from me. Why did the that was the I wish you could have seen what had just happened with my screen because it was absolutely bizarre. Um, God damn it, Jason Witten, where the fuck did you go? Oh, I got it. All right, Jason Witten this season actually played in all sixteen games, which is very surprising. Yeah, um, definitely would not guess that. No, of course not. Uh, he t- was targeted eighty three times. That's uh, a lot. The lo- actually the lowest since his t- rookie year in two thousand three. I'm just saying that's a oh, lot no, for not. the caliber of player he is as like a forty five year old man. Yeah, he's thirty seven. Actually, feels younger than I thought he was. Forty five. Uh, although, yeah, he definitely looks closer to forty five. Sixty three receptions, five hundred twenty nine yards, eight point four yards per reception, four touchdowns. Um, uh, receptions per game, 4.8 yards per game, 50.9 catch percent, 71.3 yards per target, 7.6. Honestly, that's not bad of a stat line for, you know, the kind of player he is at this point in his career. No, that's actually quite respectable. Uh, he also had one fumble. So yeah, Jason Witten. That's my nice. pick. All right, let's go to my singular offensive lineman. Um, I kind of, you know, I kind of set this up to be real easy uh, for obvious reasons, but Quentin Nelson. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could say anyone else. <laughs> like, if we had five people here, um, or like five offensive linemen that we had to pick, and we asked, you know, 50 different people, Quentin Nelson would be the top choice, I think, for everyone. I'd hope, at least. Um, He is just, again, a la George Kittle, he's a psychopath when it comes to football. Um, And physically, he's just unstoppable. So, yeah, Quentin Nelson, great choice. 
John Corbin. Did you just say your own choice was a great choice? Yes, I did, and then I gave myself a high five. Uh, this is very easy for me. I'm going to go with Richie and Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the obvious choice. Um, it's also self-explanatory, so moving on. <laughs> all right, so that's all I have for offense. Uh, we can move on to defense. We can move on to all-time. I'll... Give let's do defense. Let's do, let's do the, 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 the complete present day. Complete present day? All right, let's go to defense. Um, so there's more players for defense. There's two defensive ends, one defensive tackle, two linebackers, a free safety, a strong safety, and two cornerbacks. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like it, it's, it would be easier to name defensive players, and since we don't have to name five random linemen it's kind of easier to fill this out so i just kept a bunch of people here i don't give a shit we're gonna do that yeah i don't mind um so i guess i'll group our defensive ends together i honestly (laughs) that sounded so fucking sexual i guess we'll just group our defensive ends together i don't know uh what kind of sex you're having josh but uh it sounds kinky um knowing me buddy it is (laughs) <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, let me tell you, Corwin. I fuck. <laughs> this guy fucks. <laughs> oh, God. I love that so much. I miss him in that show. I know. I miss that show. Yeah, it's over now. Watch Silicon Valley, everyone. All right, so defensive ends. I kind of just went with the two names that immediately came to mind. Um... I honestly did not give this any strenuous thought because these two guys were like, yep, that makes a whole lot of sense. We're just going to go with it. So I went with J.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. Um, yeah. J.J. Watt because he's a scary giant monster man uh, and, you know, multiple-time defensive player of the year, kind of good at football. Um, plus, he's just so nice. And then Miles Garrett because he's, he's not so nice. Um, but he reads poetry, and he's also really fucking good at football. So I think it's a nice yin and yang going on between these two guys. Both both have their soft spots. Both are psychopaths. Both really good at football. I agree. That's super fun choices. For chaos, give me Michael Bennett. Um, okay. Because he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> and I don't know. Who's another like good chaos? Defensive end. Um. Hmm. Damn, that's tough. Who else is Debbie Clowney? So he decapitate more running backs from Michigan. Yes, and hit more people in the head when he should. Yes. All right. Boom. Settled. Uh. Okay. Moving on because that was easy. Defensive tackle. I don't know how you could pick anyone other than Aaron Donald if you were making this list. So Aaron Donald, he's the best defensive player in football. He's a fucking monster in every aspect of his game. Um, he and went to the University of Pittsburgh, so I don't watch. like him. What'd you say? I said, and most importantly, he is fun to watch. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I don't know. Give me, You know what? Give me Leonard Williams because okay. everyone wants to complain about him and he's terrible and he deserves to to be judged. Yeah, that's fine. I'd, I would have gone with, if I was going chaos, I would go with like Don Terry Poe because he's really oh, fat and he also you know catches touchdowns. 
Changing my answer. It's Dontari Poe. You're fucking right. It absolutely should be Dontari Poe. Yes. My ego oh. is growing. Uh, uh, next, we have linebackers. Man, linebackers, there's there's not many crazy ones going on right now. I mean... Oh, I know uh, who I'm picking for crazy. Yeah, I think I know who you're going to pick, but I don't... I don't know any like super super exciting uh, linebackers um, like we've had in the past, so I just kind of went with uh, T.J. Watt because of course he can do everything and he's really fun to watch, and Bobby Wagner because he's really good at everything and really fun to watch. Very sensible. Uh, all right, my my first thought was Kiko Alonso. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and then, then who who were you thinking I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Vontez Perfect. Oh my god, that's a great choice. Absolutely, it should be Vontez Perfect. So Kiko and Vontez Perfect. Now, that oh my god, that's 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 chaos. That is some chaos right there. It's stupid and stupid, man. It's dumb and dumber. <laughs> oh god, can we make up shirts with Kiko's face and? Uh... I assume a mugshot of some kind for Vontez Perfect and just say dumb and dumber and sell it and make a billion dollars. Yes, yes. One Perfect. of those men got a concussion on Joe Flacco's dick. Think about that. <laughs> Iron dick Joe Flacco. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's move on to safeties, free and strong. Uh, for free safety, I went Minka Fitzpatrick um, because... Much like with the rest of my bias picks, I love him, and he's just so just exciting. Uh, when quarterbacks actually target his side of the field or his area, uh, he usually just picks them off and takes it, which is very exciting. Uh, and he can do pretty much everything else well, so there's n- no reason I would pick anyone else there. Strong safety. You watch. Your I had now. to think about it. I honestly thought this pick wasn't exciting enough, and then I remembered. That's fucking crazy. Uh, be smarter. And I went with uh, Jamal Adams. Yeah, there it is. That's my boy. That's my boy. We have both our boys back there at safety. As it should be. <laughs> um, I don't know. Who's a good Team Chaos safety? Who's yeah, out there like doing weird maybe, shit? Uh, maybe like Eric Reed so that people could freak out when he kneels. Okay. Okay, I can support um, that. Man, I don't know. Uh, right? Earl Thomas, so he could flip off his former team every time he's on the field. <laughs> Go constantly get traded, try to get traded. Yeah. <laughs> just every cool? game, every time they win or lose, he just goes up to the opposing coach, come get me. Please, I am begging you. Uh, Tyron Matthew would make a would make a, a decent Ooh, one. That's he's, a good one. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely feeling it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with 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 Tyron Matthew and uh, uh, Malik Hooker for no good reason other than I just saw his name. There you go. Those are my guys. Corwin? Corwin.
Corwin? Can you hear me now? Now I can hear you. Cool. I just restarted Discord. Cool. Cool. cool, uh, cool. What was the last thing you heard me say? Uh, I I had just given... I didn't hear you say anything in response to what I had said. To what? Malik Cooker? Yeah. Uh, I love Malik Cooker. I think he's super underappreciated. I like that pick. Cool. Then so what's next? Cornerbacks. Um, I kind of just went with, uh, you know, since cornerbacks, they either get burned or they lock down coverage. I, and, all right, I guess that's really simplifying things. So I went with two guys that would be really exciting to have on your team, kind of like, you know, the way you've been going at the chaos, um, who would really talk a ton of shit. And just get in the fucking heads of opposing wide receivers. So I went with Jalen Ramsey and Richard Sherman. Oh, those are two out of the three of the dudes I was thinking about off the jump for this. Yeah. Like, I feel like having those guys on the same team, in the same defensive backfield, run zone on one side, and just basically have Richard Sherman lock that down, run man on the other, and just let Jalen Ramsey shadow a dude and just drive him nuts. Uh, that would be so fun to watch. Agreed. I will offer to you a a duo of Josh Norman, who we will discuss later, <laughs> and Malcolm Butler. Sure. Because 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 fuck it. <laughs> Malcolm Butler just put him in the end zone. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just let, him, just let him win the Super Bowl for you every time. That's all you need. That's all the chaos you need. There you go. Yeah. So let's wrap this up with some special teams plays. Uh, man, so kicker and punter. Not a whole lot of options right now. Um, what? So I went with Justin Don't Tucker say. because he's really good. And being uh. able to watch a guy kick, you know, 65, 70-yard field goals, that's exciting enough. And then I went with Johnny Hecker because he's one a very good punter and two could be our backup quarterback. Just saying, run a ton of fakes with that guy. Um, yeah, I'll I'll go with Adam Vinatieri. Sure. Uh, yeah, because it's you never like know every, where it's gonna go. Yeah, well, that and it's like every point he gets will be will be exciting because it's like he's just climbing on a leaderboard at this. You know, he's, he's chasing a record, so you'll definitely get fun out of it from that angle. And for punter, I will I will take whatever the punter is on your least favorite team, so that you have to root for him. <laughs> there you go. Fuck you. <laughs> so there it is. Uh, I guess I'll read through it. Yeah, uh, sure. Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley, Tyree Kill, Julio Jones, George Kittle, Quentin Nelson, J.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, T.J. Watt. Bobby Wagner, Minka Fitzpatrick, Jamal Adams, Jalen Ramsey, Richard Sherman. Justin Tucker and Johnny Hecker. All fun. Excellent. People. Uh this is who I will draft in our um fantasy football league next year and you have to let me have all those offensive guys first. Oh, totally. I definitely yeah. will make you start with like Johnny Hecker first. Yeah. <laughs> um so you ready to move on to the all-time fun team? Yeah, I'm very excited to hear who you come up with for the all-time team. All right, let's do it. Let's jump into it. So at quarterback, originally, I wanted to give this right back to Lamar Jackson because I just can't think of a guy who's so good at 
just so many different things. Like there's nobody more exciting to watch play the quarterback position and be able to run the ball, throw the ball, do everything like Lamar Jackson. But I kind of wanted to give, you know, some props to some of the older, exciting quarterbacks. And I didn't want this to be just complete recency bias. Uh, so I went with Mr. Fun himself, Brett Favre. Oh, great pick. Part lot, of me wanted lot, to lot give of... it to like a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady, but it's like, no, those guys are boring and good. I want exciting and good. I want a guy who could throw the ball 80 yards and maybe end up looking like Jameis Winston sometimes. Yeah, because you get you get those, those pass events where it's a touchdown, an INT, or just a fucking bullet. Uh, yeah, I want my wide receiver's hands to be shattered catching this ball. Absolutely. <laughs> I gr- first off, great pick. Thank you. Thank I you. I think I think I still think of Vinny Testaverde for this. Honestly, <laughs> I just man, watching Vinny play football is such a hilarious thing because it's like, are you good? <laughs> are Don't we know. good? Like, like, is this team good and helping you look good, or is this team bad and you're making it better? Like. How are you still in the league? Like, what happened? So give me give Vinny all day. I I can appreciate the sentiment, and I would love to see him just... I'm picturing, like, just because I have my team in front of me, I really want to picture what Vinny Testaverde could do with the guys I have um, that I'm looking at. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I feel like he'd had to have been pretty good with these guys. Um, but yeah, moving on to running back. I went Saquon Barkley first. I went with the guy that I think he resembles the most, Barry Sanders. Oh, very nice. Very nice. There are so many options at running back because there's been so many exciting guys. Um, but there's never been a running back I enjoy watching quite like Barry Sanders. Oh, for, absolutely. Barry like he, he's in that inner echelon of like the best running backs him walter payton i'd also say yeah. it would be a solid choice for 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 high quality dude um i think i would go with adrian peterson now that we're opening it up a little bit because he could not catch and that made it hysterical <laughs> because like he'd have a 2000 yard season and win mvp and you go oh he's one of the greatest running backs of all time and then you'd just be like catch a pass and he'd be like oh my god no how <laughs> I don't have any hands. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And then you'd be like, wow, this guy's so bad. But like, yeah, no, he's that, really good. So he beat his son. Yeah. Then you'd be like, I can't catch passes. Hammer that switch. <laughs> so, so give, me, right. give me Adrian Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to wide receivers. Again, two of these guys. Um, pick one. This wasn't the first guy I thought of, and I felt so stupid for him not being my first thought. Randy Moss. Ah, great choice. Like, I, I think he is the, the heart and soul of what this, this exercise was trying to be. Randy Moss is so exciting to watch. Yeah, he was. Fucking hilarious on and off the field. He's so skilled. He's got the speed. He just does laterals in the middle of plays and scores touchdowns. He's just so exciting. And then we have the guy that I did think of first, um, 
Chad Ochocinco. Oh, yes. Love it. Again, I just, I need the antics along with the skill when it comes to prima donna wide receivers. And that's Chad Ochocinco. Job, please. He he, he fucking changed his last name to Ochocinco. Right. Chad Johnson. Changed, changed his last name. With jersey number 85, changed his name to Ochocinco. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, God, I know. Great, great choices. Just, uh, I wish I knew more Spanish so I could, you know, try and come up with guys like modern day equivalents to Chad Ochocinco, but like Le'Veon Bell 26 doesn't have the same ring to it. All right. So, you know what? Then, in, in, in this, I'll, I'll copy your vein of doing things. Okay. All right. And I'm not going to go with Jerry Rice. Instead, for my quality person, I'll go with Calvin Johnson. Nice. I was thinking of him. Yeah. Sure. Me- fucking Megatron. Great, great wide receiver. Always triple covered. Catches highlight reel like you wouldn't believe. And then for my antics, dude, give me the second guy after Ocho Cinco. Give me Terrell Owens. <laughs> we had the same thought process going through this because those are both guys I thought of when doing it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, just the popcorn in the end zone st- stolen from a fan. Just. T.O. man. How about the cell phone in the end zone? What's up? How about the cell phone that he, he planted in the end zone? Oh, I forgot about the cell phone. Yeah, underneath yeah. the goalpost. Yeah. That's some <laughs> next level shit, man. <laughs> Was he the guy that kept a Sharpie in his sock? I believe so, yeah. Oh, God, what a fun and guy. Wasn't, wasn't it, all right, was it T.O. or was it Ocho Cinco that like, pretended to bribe a judge with, a, with an actual dollar bill? No, 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 sorry, not a judge, a, a ref. Like, went to the oh. sideline, brought a dollar over to the ref, and was like, man, I caught that shit, or some shit like that. I honestly don't know. That I did happen. I, oh, that, that was Chad Ochocinco. Okay, all right. Point being, these two dudes are, were, like, the peak of wide receiver bullshit. <laughs> I fucking love it. I, I wish know. these two... I don't know if they played together at any time. I don't think they did. I don't think did. so, because T because T.O. played on the... Eagles, the Cowboys. Hold on, and he played for three teams. And I don't. Ocho Cinco played for the Patriots and the Bengals. Anyone else? Um, let's see. I'm looking it up now. To To played for San Francisco, Philly, Dallas, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. But he left. Yeah, Ocho Cinco was just Cincinnati and New England. What uh, year was New he England in was Cincinnati? Just for one year. Uh, 2010, they were both in Cincinnati. All right. This happened. Yeah. Both of their final seasons there. Um, Terrell Owens retired after that year. Chad Ochocinco played one season in uh, New England after that. Very cool. Did you, know that Jason was, wait, did, did you know that Jason Witt was in the top 20 for uh, receiving yards all time? Really? Yeah, he's number 19, right above Irving Fisher and below Steve Largent. How many does he have? 12,977. Like, and if he plays next year, he's mm-hmm. only um, like 112 yards shy of uh, tying Steve Largent. So if he played next year, he'd almost certainly pass him, um, which would be pretty crazy. Jason yeah, Wynn, number 18. I'm just looking at uh, T.O.'s uh, 
football reference page just to compare. Um, <laughs> does have more yards than Jason Witten. Also, totally forgot he just got elected to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I just yeah. made that comment. I totally forgot that happened this year. Yeah, like, I'm yes, so sure. used to people complaining about him not being in it. I forgot he actually got in. Feels good. It feels right. It it does feel right. Yeah, so the, the next person in uh in the leading the all-time Jesus, all-time yards for receptions leaderboard, receiving yards leaderboard that's not in the Hall of Fame is Steve Smith. And so Steve Smith will probably be the next person inducted. And he'll make list. it. Oh, for sure. Uh, Larry Fitz, by the way, is on is second on this list, but he is not even retired, so he's obviously not eligible for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer right there for sure. Easy. He's 1,100 yards ahead of number three on this list. Terrell Owens. Uh, dude, I love Larry Fitzgerald. I know. I hate that so all nice. these really tremendous players went to Pitt. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Aaron Donald, like I said earlier. Dan Marino. Dan, don't remind me. <laughs> all right. Uh, what's the next position we got? Uh, next up, we have tight end. Um, my gut wanted to give this to Tony Gonzalez, mm. but it's Rob Gronkowski. Ah, uh, fair. Like the blocking, the receiving, just the excitement of being Rob Gronkowski. Um, just he's probably you know talent wise the best tight end in the history of the NFL, and with such a fun character on and off the fields, you got to give it to him. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, damn, it's a shame because I don't want to pick him. Oh my God, Aaron Hernandez. No, give give me give me. Uh, Mike, did Mike Ditka play tight end? Yeah. Oh, give me Mike Ditka. Let's see. I want to look up Mike Ditka's stats. Or Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp was a phenomenal tight end. Mike Ditka was a tight. Fuck you. He went to Pittsburgh. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, yeah, he was a, a five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, Hall of Fame uh, as a player, Super Bowl champ, NFL champ. Um, he's you know pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. good. Uh, all right, Mike, Mike Ditka is my guy. Love it. With or without mustache. If it if it is no mustache, it's not Mike Ditka. Uh, fair enough. You make a very good point, sir. In fact, I I think every player on my team should have a mustache. <laughs> the opposite of the Yankees' uh, facial hair policy. Well, now Yankees are allowed to have mustaches. Right, but it's you know no other facial hair or whatever it is. Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> Um, all right, so offensive linemen, I got to be honest, people, I I tried doing research into this. I I couldn't find much, so I went with Quentin Nelson because <laughs> I'm lazy, and I honestly don't know much about all-time offensive linemen. I was thinking, you know, Anthony Munoz, maybe Alan Fanica, maybe some other guys. I just went with Quentin Nelson because that's a safe bet. He's only, uh, played in, he's only played in the NFL for two seasons, and he's on my all-time fun list. I, I would have to go with one of uh, either DeBrickashaw Ferguson. DeBrickashaw Ferguson. 
because for one thing, his name is hilarious. For another thing, he's a phenomenal player. And for a third thing, he's a great guy. Uh, yeah. Or um, Nick Mangold, because he was a phenomenal player and hilarious. <laughs> uh, Debrickishaw Ferguson uh, played from 2006 to 2015, started every single game uh, that was possible over that span. 10 seasons, 160 starts. Not only that, he never missed a snap. Really? He, he played every single offensive snap for the Jets in that time frame as well, barring one single trick play oh, that he was shit. not involved in. It only goes back... So, like, for some reason, uh, football reference only goes back to 2012, so only the final four years. But, yeah, 100% of the snaps. Yeah. And played Dude a decent a chunk of special teams, too. Dude was a fucking animal. Wow, great pick, Josh. Great pick. Love DeBrickashaw. Love DeBrickashaw. it. The inspiration for the famous Key and Peel sketch where they name their 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 play for the NFL and their ludicrous player names. DeBrickashaw Butchank. What's the he's doing the Hingle McCringleberry? Hingle McCringleberry, Penn State. <clears throat> I was so irrationally happy that the Penn State player got picked to have, like, a second round. Can't do three pumps. Well, I mean, I guess now that I think about it, Keegan-Michael Key went to Penn State, so it would make sense he would choose the Penn State character. Um, wow, that actually makes that that makes so much sense. I'm glad it all, all right, clicked Let's move on to defense. All right, let's do it. Again, two defensive ends here. I my thought process was I wanted to know what these two what it would be like to have these two guys on the same defensive line so badly so I just went with it Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White I want to oh. know what they would look like rushing from opposite ends at the I want to know how much cocaine that is all right my my, oh. pick is, my, my picks are, my, are are Mike Gastineau and Lawrence Taylor because I need to see that cocaine. <laughs> love it i fucking give, love give it give me mark gastineau and lawrence taylor locked in a room with blowing strippers <laughs> i want i want the cocaine snorting contest that results and can you oh picture the sacks <laughs> so many sacks fueled by cocaine i fucking love it um, yeah, I got nothing else to say. That's, that's really it. So I'm going to move on to defensive tackle. Um, All right. I went with Refrigerator Perry. Oh, that's a great choice. Uh, just because the idea of having a 400-pound lineman playing football in the middle of that defensive line is exciting. Um, yeah, so William Perry, the Refrigerator. Uh, I'm trying to look up his playing weight right now. But yeah, that would be so fun to watch. Um, I don't know, like Warren Sapp. There you go. Yeah, you know he might kill somebody on the field, but whatever. Let's hope so. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he doesn't, like, why am I watching? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you're going for chaos. That's about what it would go. Yeah, like, yeah, that sounds about right. William Perry, only 335 pounds. Only. Oh, what a, what, what, what a lightweight. I've him play fullback on offense, too. 
All right, so moving on, we have linebackers here. Again, I kind of went with uh, these two guys were always head-to-head, and I want to see what they would be like playing linebacker on the same team. So I went with Ray Lewis and James Harrison. Okay, okay, great choices. You know, Ray Lewis definitely killed a guy. James Harrison probably killed many people. Um those are your two linebackers. That's a scary fucking thought right there. All right. I know it absolutely is. Those people are actual murderers. Um, <laughs> give, give, give me, give me Terrell Suggs and, uh, and, 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 uh, um, Junior Sayo. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So Terrell Suggs, a guy that looks like he killed somebody, and then Junior Seau, a guy that uh, he did died too young. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things you should say, or you could say. I was gonna say something bad. I kind of said it as quiet as I could, and I feel bad about it because he's better than those jokes. Or, yeah. or give me, give me Dick Butkus because his name is hilarious, and Brian Erlacher because he looks like a WWE wrestler. Uh, I actually at one point had three linebacker positions I wanted to pick for, uh, and I had Dick Butkus, Dick Butkus in there, and then I was like, "Nah, we should condense this a little bit." Fair. <laughs> Dick. All right. What's next? <laughs> All right. Next up, we have safeties, free and strong safeties. This was probably the easiest position for me to pick. Uh, both safety positions: Troy Palomalu and Sean Taylor. Oh, yeah. Like, that is just... Tor Palomalu, <coughs> honestly, the most fun player I've ever watched play football uh, outside of Saquon Barkley. Um, just the hair, the just body control, just the knowledge of knowing exactly where the play was going to be. Um, probably my favorite stealer of all time. Uh, got a poster of him on the wall right next to me now. Uh, love that man. Sean Taylor. So exciting to watch. Could have been, you know, everyone says this, but could have been the all-time great if uh, if not for his unfortunate and untimely death. Um, but, yeah, I think that was enough to get him into the most exciting, fun team of all time. I heartily support these. I will take Ed Reed and uh, Ronnie Lott. Love it. Yeah, Absolutely. no no, no explanation needed on either of these dudes. Exactly. Uh, and then f- to wrap up the defense, we have two cornerbacks. Uh, I don't know how you could say all-time fun team and not have Deion Sanders here. Um, Prime time. Dude, uh, just everything about him screams fun and exciting. Inside the park home run with the Yankees. You play good. You play good, you get paid good. If you get paid good... You get laid good. <laughs> and and um, he made a lot of business decisions. Yeah, he made a lot of business decisions. You know what? Whatever. <clears throat> it's Deion Sanders. Uh, on the opposite side, we got Charles Woodson. Uh, that sideline interception was one of the best I've ever seen. Charles Woodson, such an exciting guy. Could play multiple positions. Defensive Heisman. I know it doesn't count in the NFL, but defensive Heisman, though. Um, just super exciting to watch. Love these cornerbacks. Uh, I will go with, thank you for saving him for me, Darrell Rivas. I thought about it, but, you know, 
Think about it. A shutdown corner on the island, that's not exciting. You want excitement. I do, which is why across from him will be Champ Bailey. Ooh. And the thing is, you have to throw the ball to one of them. And yeah. it's going to end poorly. And I'm here to see that end poorly. <laughs> so is this uh, first go through with the Jets, Darrell Rivas, or second go through with the Jets, Darrell Rivas? Uh, for, for, first go through. Yeah, because yeah, you should definitely go first. Well, his first year back with the Jets was actually a really good year for him. It was the other years, the last two years, <laughs> that were like, "Oh no, Darrell, <laughs> stop!" Or Gordon, you could have just basically said, uh, first hit with the Jets, Darrell Rivas, or Kansas City Chiefs, Darrell Rivas," because then everyone would go, "He played for the Chiefs," and you would go, "Yes, he did," and everyone's trying to forget. <laughs> so Darrell Rivas is my. Albert Pujols pick for player that was so unbelievably good, but I missed their prime and only saw the sad state of affairs that was their post-prime play. Um, I really never got to appreciate him when he was truly Darrell Rivas. I only got to see the the later half of his career where people talked about how good he was, but you couldn't really see it much anymore. Uh, and it was just kind of you know sad to watch. And I regret that a lot. It isn't isn't it sad um, that like because you were a conscious football fan when he was playing, but mm-hmm. it's like when you're younger, you don't think to pay attention to players that aren't your team right. on your team because it's like why would I care about Dorivas? He doesn't play for the Steelers. The same yeah, way exactly. I thought because for me that's how I feel about Troy Polamalu, even though he never got bad. Like, I know what you mean, yeah. I missed prime Troy Palomalo because my thought was, why the fuck am I watching? Fuck the Steelers. I don't care about the Steelers. You know? I'm a kid. I want to watch the Jets because that's my team I root for. And mm-hmm. then you end up missing out on these great player performances and you get to be a little bit older and you go, oh, fuck. I don't... But he, I, I, I missed it. <laughs> Everyone's talking about it. I missed it. What happened? <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on defense? No, no, I think, I think we covered a lot of good ground here. All right, so we'll close up everything with some special <laughs> teams here. Um, for kicker, I went with Sebastian Janikowski. Oh, that's Seabass. Just how could you not want that jolly character on the sideline kicking you 60-yard field goals? Um, and then with punter, there was only one choice here. It's Pat McAfee. I knew you were going to say that. Man. I want to play an organized sport with him being a guy on the sideline, just making those kind of comments. Uh, easy choice. Knew you were going to say it. Um, I want to check. Uh, I I want one of those old football players who who played quarterback and and kicker. Did Ooh, George Bland um, a kick? Um, yeah, yeah, he did. Who? George Blanda. That's the guy I was thinking of, yeah. Yep, I want George Blanda as my kicker because that's hilarious. And for my punter, um, uh, uh, um, I don't know who punts. That Marquette I, I want King. Marquette King. Thanks, Marquette King. Actually, great choice. Yeah, George Blanda and Marquette King. Marquette King would have been my choice if it wasn't for Pat McAfee. Totally fair. Just I a punter that can run like a four five forty is exciting as hell and dripping with attitude oh yeah got cut because he called his own number on a punt and then got tackled for like an eight yard loss 
Love it. Oh, God. This was really fun to do. I'm yeah. excited to do the MLB one. That one's going to be a good time. Um, Shall we uh, talk about some of the other topics we had just to clean things up a bit? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're on football, so let's talk about Josh Norman and Miles Garrett. Yeah, so Josh Norman cut by the Redskins uh, essentially as cap savings. I think it was like $3 million they'd save against the cap. Um, I wouldn't read too much into this. I mean, he's definitely not the Josh Norman that signed that contract initially. Which, honestly, he wasn't a Josh Norman deserving of that contract in the first place. I'm sorry? He wasn't even a Josh Norman worthy of that contract in the first place. Fair point. Fair point. Um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things like he's going to go and sign a pretty average deal and be, you know, the team that signs him is going to be all excited. Cause like, Oh, we just got ourselves a, a, a you know, a lockdown corner. Uh, but really it's just going to be like, a he's going to be one of your depth guys now. I guarantee you the guy, the team that signs Josh Norman is going to say, you know, we wanted to bring a veteran presence into this cornerbacks group. Uh, Josh brings a lot of wisdom with him. Uh, you know, it's always a valuable asset having a guy who's been in the this long with his leadership experience or some other bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> How much money do you think Josh Norman's made in the NFL? Um, 30 million? 65.2. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of money. How how many years has he played? Uh, eight seasons. Uh, okay. Damn, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that is a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I I, I don't really care about this. It was it was a bad contract. Now, Washington's looking to rebuild as they have been, and cutting out bad contracts is part of that. And if you're the Red Sox, cutting out good contracts is part of that too. So fuck yourself. Um. Yeah, this is it. Is what it is. He's he's gonna go somewhere. Else. Like a kind of like what happened with Richard Sherman a while ago. Except Josh Norman's not hurt. It's just a team looking to move on, get younger. It it it's the churn that is the NFL. Nothing mm-hmm. really to say about it. I just think it's really funny that Ron Rivera was the guy who drafted him, and now the guy that cut him. Yeah, Ron Rivera was like. New team, new me, bitch. Get the fuck out. Like, bitch, I did not want to sign you to a long-term contract four years ago. I'm not going to sign you to one now. <laughs> Yo, leave. Uh, all right, let, let's just fuck, fuck Josh Norman. Let's move on to Miles Garrett. He got reinstated. Right. Yeah, so Miles Garrett reinstated by the NFL. Um, he, there's a lot that we could talk about this. Um, the headline I'm looking at right now, uh, in an interview with Mina Kimes, he's standing by his allegation that uh, Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph called him a racial slur before the brawl. Well, he's um, certainly not going to back down from that. No. Uh, he said, uh, I quote, he called me the N-word. He called me a stupid N-word, end quote. You know, he's never wavered from this explosive accusation. Um He's also said that he never intended for it to become public. Uh, the NFL found no such evidence of uh, Rudolph saying that. I don't know. I, I don't want to cast this off as saying, oh, this guy is just trying to push the blame. 
you know, I don't want to be a Steelers fan saying there's no way my Mason Rudolph could say such a thing because it's possible. I mean, I don't want to call either one of these guys a liar. Um, you know, this is one of those things where it's we're never going to be able to get to the end of this truth unless Mason Rudolph comes out and is like, hey, I definitely did say this and that happened. Or there's some secret recording the NFL is keeping secret. Um, so I, I'm not going to hold it against Mason Rudolph. I'm also not going to hold it against Miles Garrett and accuse him of lying to about this stuff. So who knows? Yeah, the race stuff is so delicate and also murky because of the details that it's really it's not even worth bringing into it on our end just because. There's nothing we can say either way due to the evidence and nature of these types of allegations. So leaving all that shit to the side, we were both pretty upset when Miles Garrett uh, did being, uh, what's his fucking face? What's his fucking Kyle? Mason Not, Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Thank you, Jesus. Just because it was such an aggressive thing. But at the yeah. end of our aggression, we both did say the man should work, be back in the NFL. He's very talented. Uh, he was young. Young people do stupid shit. Mason Rudolph is fine. <laughs> like, he, you know, it was dumb. It was aggressive. It was fucking definitely wrong. But the dude's also like, what, 22? I mean, it's nothing worth ending in his entire... If Mason Rudolph got hurt, it'd be a different story. But right. everyone's okay. He, he certainly served a lot of time via that suspension. And, uh, yeah, I think I think if you're a Browns fan, you should feel fine about him coming back. This isn't like it's not like he beat up his wife like a lot of these other mm. players have, where you got to be like. It was a very raw moment and an emotional moment in a game that is full of raw energy and emotional uh, energy and, uh, and emotions running high. And it's very physical and blah 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 blah. If of all the things in the world, this is not something to like burn your jerseys over. So yeah, I it'll, it'll be nice to have him back in the league. Hopefully he can break out and make all headlines about him going forward be about his phenomenal play. Yeah, I don't remember what uh, specifically I said at the time when (laughs) feelings were still high. But being able to look at this in hindsight, it's one of those things where he did his time. You know, he hasn't shown anything to me, you know, publicly that he's anything but remorseful for this. him standing by what he said though you know i again i'm not going to hold that against him uh if that's what he heard that's what he heard i'm you know he's allowed to make that stance uh and stand by his words i'm fine with him coming back he he did his time he you know there were no major long-term repercussions from this that we can see now um obviously with head trauma you know in the position it is with football right now it could be something that has long-term issues uh with mason rudolph we can't know that for sure um but again i i I have no qualms with him coming back to the nfl right on um i know we were we were gonna talk do you have anything else before we before we change topics um no i'm fine all right, then I know we were going to talk about the Astros PR debacle. Um, 
let's touch on it briefly. We can go into it more later, just because there's not too much that happened happened. But the Astros had a press conference uh, at their spring training facility in which Jim Crane, uh, who else? Alex Bregman, I think, and Jose Altuve, I think, all each spoke. Uh, Altuve and Bregman spoke for a combined 90 seconds. And Jim Crane just spouted off hot nonsense. Um, Yeah, that was ridiculous. Jim Crane said all of the following things. Um, The sign-stealing scheme did not affect uh, the team. Uh, And uh, he also said 55 seconds later that it did affect the team uh, because obviously fucking did. Um, He said that there's no way of knowing that the Astros wouldn't have won the World Series that year anyway. I believe he said something basically on the lines of, of course, he would have won the World Series that year. We had a good team. Let's leave it at that. He said he didn't owe the Yankees or the Dodgers any type of apology because they didn't do anything wrong. Um, and he said, we're specifically apologizing for breaking MLB's rules, but not for cheating. So a lot of just, oh my God, I know. Um, Alex Bregman read like a two sentence, uh, very, very much so written down PR statement that he Mm -hmm. certainly could have just committed to memory memory because Man, two sentences ain't a lot. If you can memorize how many bangs are supposed to be for a curveball, you can memorize two sentences worth of shit. And, it uh, reminds me of uh, The Office where Dwight has to give an apology and he reads off the card, I am sorry. And he's like, I couldn't speak it from the heart if I don't believe it to be true. Or whatever he says. Yeah. it's It was... It was bad. I, I don't know... All right. The Astros' mishandling of the Brandon Taubman situation earlier that last late last year in November or October, that was bad, right? That was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Them blaming reporters, saying it never happened. This reporter is like not good at her job. Blah blah blah. Like awful that they did that to a person. Um, and you'd think after that, Jim Crane. Or whoever makes these decisions in the front office would go, hey, everyone in PR, you're all fired. Um, we're hiring new people now because you're really, really bad at your jobs. Mm-hmm. And yet, throughout the entire process of every single headline involving the Houston Astros over the course of the last like four months, they have handled all of it terribly, so bad. How are they? This bad at it. Oh my God. It's How can they be that so bad? How can they be that committed and successful at cheating and not have a backup plan for when they inevitably got caught? Like, think about the fact that Robert Kraft got jerked off in a strip mall and it like never comes up anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I, straight up, Robert Kraft got a, a rub and tug from this really sketchy joint in Florida in a in the middle of the day and like PR handled that shit with masterclass granted the patriots are very used to it they're involved in a lot of shit but <laughs> like the astros couldn't think they, they can't save themselves from it it's like their PR just keeps fueling the fire 
it's so bad. Like they and like the, the teammates got asked about the buzzers and they refused to just say no. They kept just saying like referring to the commissioner's report and like that's not a good look. Say no. Say no very loud. Say no very often. Just mm-hmm. say no. There were no buzzers. Like and they don't and it's sketchy and it's weird and they're wrong and oh my god they they I've never seen a fan base get more hated or a team a team get more hated by like every single fan base than the Astros have done it's astonishing it's it's just absolutely insane how poorly this was handled i i it's hard to even fathom like how would you how would you have conducted this this um press conference at spring training um, just had from what like this press conference or like this scandal as a whole so this press conference so so you're so you know you're the PR guy you go up to Jim Crane and you're like all right i need you to be there you Jim Crane i need you to be there and we're also going to put Alex Bregman there and Jose Altuve there because those are the two like face of the franchise kind of guys all right mm-hmm. and and now Tell tell those three people how how they're going to conduct themselves at this at this PR uh, state meeting press release press conference. Uh, I don't know how you could say anything other than the players don't necessarily have to take you know like if I'm so if you're looking at this as like all right we are the Astros someone has to be blamed you know the players obviously knew about it. You kind of like the best way to approach it and still save some face would be to say, all right, guys high up in the, uh, like in the organization, we're pushing this. They said it wasn't an option, you know, for some, to some of the players, whatever you could push the blame on them. They've already been fired. Say what you will. In reality, it should have just been clearly everyone was involved and willing to participate in this. You have to own up to it. Nobody's going to forgive you if you go up there and say, yeah, we cheated and I feel bad about it, but oh well, and call it a day and say, oh, that's my apology. I'm very sorry. That's it. It's like, no, like you fucked up big time. This is huge. You got to own up to it. And nobody did. Jose Altuve kind of did. He kind of showed a little bit of remorse, but even then, it's it was very limited. Yeah, and I th- I think Alex, no, not Alex Cora, um, Carlos Correa also had a relatively more remorseful statement. Although I think his was in the locker room, not at this press conference. Y- yeah, like you, I think, and this is this isn't necessarily my own. Th- because you can see a lot of these same opinions around the internet, but these guys just feel like, hey, the commissioner did what he did already. Why the fuck should I make myself out to be the bad guy? Like, me, the player, I'm Jose Altuve. I ain't getting fucking punished, so why should I have to apologize? Why should I have to look remorseful if I'm not getting punished, my team already got punished, and it wasn't even that bad, and none of my my co-players, none of my teammates can get punished. Um... I have no reason to endear myself. The only reason I'm endearing and, – and the Astros fans, most of them are defending us. So, like, I'm apologizing to what? Yankees and Dodgers fans? No, fuck them. And if I'm Jim Crane, 
I'm saying, all right, my business got fined $5 million, not even me. And that's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. And mm-hmm. then my GM and, and, and manager got fired, which like I can, I already hired replacements for them. So he's like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm also not apologizing to Yankees and Dodgers fans. Fuck those guys. So like, that's what happened. You know, like, when when you when you take it easy on people for committing crimes, they're not going to give a fuck about committed crimes. You know, yeah. and I'm not saying that like every crime needs to be met with exceedingly harsh punishment, but when you don't do anything for something that's this big, like yeah, they're not going to give a fuck. Like they're not going to care. It's you know, there's a reason why there are you know punitive damages that are awarded in you know the u.s legal system (laughs) to prevent things like this happening again and i don't know why the mlb was so against using punitive damages in both the fine and punishment for everyone involved in this scandal i manfred is really just screwing the pooch on this one i he really really thought this would all just go I, that's got to be it. He really actually thought that this would all just like fucking wash away. Mm-hmm. And I just, obviously it's fucking not. Everyone's fuming mad, dude. Like, all you did was make it worse. Now everyone's just hiding behind the commissioner's report. Do you think he released the uh, playoff changes to try and get people away from this? 100%. Yeah. Which we still haven't talked about, but we can later. It's not a big deal right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. No. He he desperately wants to get this out of the way, or get this get, get anything else we talked about, because this is the number one discussed thing in in baseball news right now. Especially because since the sentencing, not even sentencing, I should say, but like punishment was so gentle, players and other teams are furious. And now, like, if you go on the baseball subreddit, every other post is a reporter tweeting out a player's reaction. Trevor Bauer is going to kill someone. I can't wait. Yo, it's if there so, was, so exciting. If the MLB was ever going to start having political assassinations, the first one would be on Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Either going to be on Trevor Bauer or by Trevor Bauer. Yes. Because this is... Man, players are mad. I've never seen players just mad before. All about the same thing. Even Cody Bellinger had a quote today. I I saw that he had a quote. I can't say I remember what it is off the top of my head. He was, oh, I, I had it pulled up, but then I was browsing and I forgot what it said. But it was basically along the lines of how, like, you know, they cheated these guys out of money and uh, they cheated Aaron Judge out of an MVP award. And- oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I want to see if I can uh, if I can find it re- real quick, but yeah, it was. Uh, Here, I'll pull it up. I mean, people people are mad, man. People are real fucking tight. All right, I got it here. Um, Bellinger, quote: "I thought Manfred's punishment was weak, giving them immunity. I mean, these guys were cheating for three years. I think what people don't realize is Altuve stole an MVP from Judge in seventeen. Everyone knows they stole the ring from us." I don't disagree with him. Yeah. And then he, then to just continue, um, quote, 
I don't know what human hits a walk-off home run against Araldus Chapman in reference to Game 6 of the ALCS this past season. Uh, to send your team to the World Series, and one has the thought to say, don't rip my jersey off. But to go into the tunnel, change your shirt, and then come out and do your interview, that makes no sense to me. Makes zero sense to me. Because I know me. Gary, Chan- Gary Sanchez said it yesterday. You can rip off my shirt. You can rip my pants off. I sent the team to the World Series of Araldus Chapman in the ninth inning at home. I'm going crazy. End of quote. Like, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I I know I was I voiced my opinion about you know not being able to really punish players all that much, um, but it's like that is just so blatant. It's obvious to everyone involved. Like, okay, when you have this context with it, that's super clear that he was doing something nefarious. Very sketchy. Very very sketchy. So I don't know what happens next from them um, because you'd have to assume that this press conference is meant to be like the last press conference um, because I, I doubt the Astros organization wants to keep bringing it up. But at the same time, this press conference left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth. I wonder when the next time Jim Crane will address the media because the next time he does, if he addresses the media again for anything else, you know, he's going to get more questions on this. Mm -hmm. So I wonder when the next time will even be. Uh, I don't know. The next time Manfred tries to pull something to cover it up even further. Fair. Yeah, the, the next crime that they commit, that's going to be it. Man, if, if they do get caught, or if they did, if it does get um, discovered that they were using buzzers, do you think Manfred makes them sell the team? What do you mean? Like, if, 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 they, if the buzzer stuff actually is true and it comes out, do you think Manfred says, Jim, I, I can't defend, I can't separate you from this anymore. Like, I, I tried with the first one, no one bought it, and now we have another one. Like, you're gone, man. I I would hope he does, but I I don't think he does. I mean, yeah, you're fair. I, you're right. It he there's a lot of things Manfred should have been doing, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's uh he's not. He he, he sucks. He does suck. Uh, any any other uh, baseball topics we have? Nope. Uh, I know we're running a little bit long here, but would you like to hear some quick Valentine's Day stats? Sure. Uh, so projected spending for Valentine's Day 2020. Are you ready for this very large number? Yes. All right. Well, just real quick, what are you thinking? Uh, six. $27.4 billion. Oh. That's a lot. That is a lot. Uh, yeah. I was close, though. Yeah, $6 was definitely close. All right. <laughs> Type of cuisine downers prefer on Valentine's Day. 17% Italian, yeah. 13% French, and 13% seafood. And those don't feel very romantic. I feel like Italian's pretty romantic. 
seafood it pretty is. romantic. Is eh, seafood no, I, romantic? I, I can get behind all those. They all seem fancy and romantic. Italian feels very classic, but I just... Spaghetti and meatballs just doesn't feel very romantic to me. No, you have chicken parmesan. That gets me. Yeah, nothing gets you off like chicken parm. <laughs> uh, men will spend three times as much as women in 2020 on Valentine's Day. Yeah, no kidding. There's your gender wage gap, ladies. <laughs> Everything that, uh, you know, all the money we make over women in professional, you know, situations goes straight into Valentine's Day. Uh, 43 million Americans got an unwanted Valentine's Day gift in 2019, totaling uh, $9.5 billion worth of gifts. That's fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, $2.4 billion will be spent uh, on candy for Valentine's Day. Wow. $5.8 billion will be spent on jewelry. I hate this holiday now. $2.3 billion will be spent on flowers. Ooh, you're to hear the least desired gifts? Yes. 24% say tools. Uh, 24% say gym membership. 19% of people want sporting equipment. 16% of people kitchen appliances. 15% of people cheesy stuffed animals. And 13%, the least desired gift, (laughs) mixtapes. How is that even an option on that, like, poll? Dude, I don't even know. 53% of women say they would break up with their significant other if they got nothing on Valentine's Day. If they what? Got nothing on Valentine's Day. They would break up. Wait, what was the percentage? 53% of women. Would oh. break you up with you if you got them nothing on Valentine's Day. Oh, we need to be better. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen percent of Americans buy themselves buy themselves a present on Valentine's Day. Did you I buy can't yourself say, a present? I, I've no, I've never done that. I, we we talk about this with Christmas either, gifts yeah. because we both do that with Christmas gifts, mm-hmm. um, and I even do that for a birthday gifts. I always buy myself a birthday gift. Um, I've never bought myself a Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's. Buy yourself a chocolate bar. I don't know. Right? Ooh, this is tacky. Nine million marriage proposals will be made on Valentine's Day. Ooh. Uh, all right. So I am working in a restaurant tonight. I hope to God that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, that's just, it's just, it's just not a good look. Unless uh, the woman says no, I do not want that to happen at one of my tables. Oh, I would love to see a no in person. That would be Oh, so absolutely. Funny. That would be fucking hilarious. Uh, there is a 20% rise in Tinder usage on Valentine's Day and a 20% rise in Match.com use on Valentine's Day. I wonder why. <laughs> Desperate. <laughs> 22% of engaged couples reported meeting their significant other through online dating. That has nothing to do with Valentine's Day. Mm-mm. All right, $2 billion will be spent on cards. Uh, $1.3 billion will be spent on greeting card. Oh, gift cards. $2 billion spent on gift cards. That's tacky as fuck. $1.3 billion spent on greeting cards. That's tacky as fuck. Uh, the best cities for Valentine's Day. So they analyzed 100 of the, the 100 largest U.S. cities based on 26 key metrics, 
ranging from restaurant costs to the number of florists, jewelers, and candy shops per capita. And the number one city for Valentine's Day is San Francisco. Really? Number two, New York. Number three, San Diego. Number four, Honolulu. Number five, Las Vegas. And let me tell you, Las Vegas does not feel like a romantic city. No, I would not want to take a girl out to Las Vegas for Valentine's Day. Hey, hon, you want to blow all your money on the Bellagio and then go hit up some strippers? Aw, Jerry, you shouldn't have. You know how I love titties. Corwin? Hello? Are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. All right. Um, so, any any concluding thoughts on these Valentine's Day stats? Um, this is the first Valentine's Day in a long time. I'm alone, and I love And And I love you, buddy. Thanks. I needed that because I'm desperately sad inside. As we all should be. <laughs> uh, all right. Any final thoughts on uh, anything we... T- um, have a happy Valentine's Day. Even though you're going to be listening to this significantly after Valentine's Day. Yeah, like three days. Y'all, y'all, y'all get the sentiment. We, we, we love you. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a strong word. I, I could like some of you. I admire your fortitude for listening to this. <laughs> you know what? That I will agree with. All right. Well, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. And if you want to hit us up via Gmail, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye.